Welcome to the Transit Lounge. I'm your host, Chandra. As a recovering workaholic, I want to explore how you can do more of what you love without burning out. I'm on a mission to promote true well-being, the contented state of being happy, healthy, and prosperous. Through interviews with savvy entrepreneurs, authors, and industry experts, we'll share insights, inspiration, and practical tips on how you can be CEO you in the business of your life. Let's go. Hello, welcome to another episode of the Transit Lounge podcast. Thank you for being here and for listening. Now, I'm doing this episode because I've just finished or last week was the last episode of a little mini series within the podcast of the interviews around career change where there was four episodes that were me interviewing four very different women about their story around their career progression, what they used to do, what they're doing now, and I guess where they're heading to next. And I love doing those interviews. And thank you to those who have given me some feedback about enjoying the interview episodes. I've got some fun plans for doing more of those going into next year, into 2020. So um, stay tuned for more news about that. But After doing the interviews, I wanted to do this episode as a little bit of a summary. And I did a similar thing when I did the last four-part series of interviews. I guess doing an episode to draw a few observations out of common themes, things that I noticed doing the interviews and wanted to sort of, I guess, bring it together into a succinct summary, like a cheat sheet, if you like, from listening to all four episodes. Although if you haven't listened to them, I really encourage you to have a listen. They are a little bit longer because they're interviews and we want to, you know, get into more detail, I guess, but really worth you having a listen. As a quick little summary for you, one of the interviews was with Joe Burgess, who is uh, someone who in the episode was talking about going from hairdresser to technology queen. Uh, she's an amazing and really lovely person. Liz Collius, who went from being a lawyer to having started and she sold and still has a number of different businesses, including uh, a co-working space, so a physical co-working space and an online learning platform. And then there's Nikki who went from working in hospitality in the UK and again has had multiple businesses and she is a boat seller, boat broker uh, and also a um, part owner of a gelati store. So really great range of things that she's done and is doing. And then Lisa Joy, who's someone that I used to work with in radio many years ago. And so she has gone from working full time in media as a newsreader, journalist and producer uh, to now being someone who she calls herself fun employed, which is great. I love it. Love it as a little... um, title that she travels around the country. She loves seeing regional Australia, particularly getting out into the bush and she just picks up work along the way. So a very different way of working. And I wanted to do interviews with a range of different types of women and also types of different work because I think that's part of what I, I guess the series was about. It was really wanting to look for the the way that things are changing and the different ways that women in particular are working now. 
So this episode is me really looking for some key takeouts, common themes to help you see what can you potentially apply in your own situation when you are starting to think about being curious about or getting ready to make some sort of significant career change. Now, I did the series because I wanted to provide some examples of women who have done exactly that. They've made some sort of significant career change. And I wanted to provide insight about what they did and how they did it. Because I know that when we have reference points, we have examples of people that have done something similar to what we think about maybe wanting to do. It gives us evidence about it being possible And the more of these stories that I share, that I come across, the more that you hear, my hope is the more you believe that it's possible for you. So I wanted to showcase a range of different approaches. So Joe, for example, went from being self-employed, then employed and is now employed and has a side gig in a new industry. Liz went from being employed, then self-employed and her own business in a new industry completely. Nikki went from being employed, then self-employed and is now a business owner and it has been leveraging her experience but taking it in different directions. And Lisa was employed full-time in traditional employment, I guess, but now she works more in a freelance capacity and has a book that she has created as a side gig business and has another idea for an, a new side gig coming up. So she is working in the same industry and essentially the same role. And other than the side gig, she's just working in a different way in that industry. So I hope that gives you an idea about the different ways that you can create career change. It doesn't necessarily mean leaving the industry. Uh, sometimes it does, but it doesn't always have to be. So that's why I'm giving a bit of a range of different people. The main thing I guess I'm wanting to highlight is that our way of working is changing. I think more and more people are creating or wanting to create side gigs where they've got a main source of income, a main role, if you like, and they're starting something on the side, either as something that is just a passion or an interest that they have, or something that they intend longer term to become the main gig. We also... I believe people want more flexibility now. More and more people want flexibility in their way of working. Also, I think more and more people are becoming self-employed. And people, I think generally, want more freedom than the traditional old school way of nine to five working, how that works. It just doesn't necessarily work for everyone now. In fact, only this week I was on a call with a stack of other women in business as part of a training program that I am part of, a 12-month training program, because I'm always learning and always wanting to connect with new people and continue to stretch myself. And in one of the conversations that we had, uh, I was asking the question about when they knew um, they wanted to start their own business and had they always been self-employed. And there was a bit of a range of responses, but the common theme with them was they all wanted some version of freedom and flexibility. That was my main takeout from that conversation. And I think that's where I want to keep showcasing these stories to help you 
if that's something that you want, if you want a greater sense of freedom in the way that you work and flexibility about when you take time off and when you work and when you don't, then that's what this is all about. Also, there's a quote that often comes up in relation to doing work that you love, and I'm very passionate about that as a driving message, if you like. But this quote, do what you love and you'll never work a day in your life. I don't know who said it, but, you know, it gets shopped around quite a lot. And in some ways, I think it's really inspirational and lovely. However, there are also elements of it that I disagree with. And that is that even if you're doing work that you love, there's still work to be done. The way of working and the type of working is still there and it is a way I believe hopefully if you're doing what you love that helps you express who you really are and that it's work that's meaningful to you in some way and I think the biggest difference in the work that you do when you're doing work that you love is not that you don't work and I know that that's kind of not really what that quote was intending to say but I'm being a bit pedantic here The biggest distinction for me is that there's a difference between when you're doing work just for work's sake and when you're doing work that you love or that drives you or that is meaningful in some way. The challenges that you inevitably will face, because even doing work that you love doesn't mean it's all hearts and flowers and unicorns every day. There are still going to be challenges that you have to work through. But the difference is that when you have those challenges in a role that you love in doing work that you love that you care about those challenges tend to be more interesting they are challenges that you actually want to work through rather than challenges that just piss you off and for example this week I had to oh I'm trying not to say that phrase had to because you don't ever really have to do anything you get to choose everything and there's always consequences one way or another about what you do do or you don't do but I'm trying not to say I have to or I had to anyway I decided to do a video as part of helping people to get to know a little bit more about who I am and what I believe so that they can decide whether or not I'm someone that they might want to continue to work with or learn from And I tell you what, trying to do this video, there were challenges for sure. Not even worrying about my own inner voice and the judging voice about my weird hair and my teeth and lighting and whatever else, wrinkles, all the stuff that comes up. Even if you park all of that, there were so many issues around noise. And I don't know, even potentially in this episode, you may hear background noise because of where my office is. It's right next to a a road that goes through phases of having a lot of traffic on it. So I'm doing this video and then there's traffic noises. There's aeroplanes going over because I'm in the, the inner west of Sydney and it's a very commonly used approach to the Sydney airport. There were dogs barking. There was blaring music from cars that just sort of decided to just sort of not park even, just stop on the road outside my window. Um, All of these things were going on. And so every time that happened, I had to stop the video that I was recording and start again. And I had to do that so many times. And there's probably many instances in that where I could have chosen to just stop and go this is too hard I'll do it another day or I won't do a video but I didn't that's an example of a challenge that I chose to push through because I think when there's a bigger picture you don't just 
give up as at the first hurdle or when there's some sort of challenge there's a bigger commitment then that comes through when you are engaged in what you're doing and can see the benefit of it but sometimes when you're doing work that you don't care about or you don't really feel connected to it's much easier to find excuses reasons to just stop so anyway that was a bit of a sideline story this episode I want to share some takeouts I've got seven of them some takeouts from doing this last batch of four career change interviews that I want to share with you so you can kind of consider them for yourself and see where you sit in regard to this idea and to be able to choose one to potentially focus on explore experiment with for yourself so the first one is that your past work doesn't define your future work potential and I think that's important because a lot of people particularly when you've been doing let's say you've been in an industry for 10 years 15 years maybe 20 years sometimes what can happen is you feel quite pinned in to that and I know I definitely had that when I was in radio and considering leaving radio I was like well I don't know what else I would do and so just thinking within that one industry could have been very limiting for me if that's all I thought I could do and with the interviews that I've just done for example Joe was a hairdresser and she started out as a hairdresser very young and she got a, her first salon when she was very young and she ended up buying a second salon so she could have just bought more salons and just expanded her empire that way if she took the lens that my past work is going to define my future work but she didn't she completely pivoted she used some knowledge that she gained to inform the next direction but she didn't stay a hairdresser she didn't stay a salon owner she pivoted out from that Nikki started in hospitality she could have stayed working in hotels and in hospitality and just kept going up the ladder further and further Liz was a lawyer she could have stayed a lawyer and kind of looked at oh well that's who I am that's the label that I have as what I do for work she could have stayed a lawyer worked up the ranks become a partner and had her own firm and whatever the the trajectory is when you're a lawyer Lisa could have just stayed in a very cushy job in a fun industry doing what she knew and was good at with the safety of the regular paycheck and followed the standard safe path but she didn't she wanted to look at how she could go in a different direction that suited her they all looked for ways to adapt their work their past work and take it in a new direction that worked for them So that's takeout number one. Your past work doesn't define your future work potential. Idea number two is that ideas that you have, ideas that kick around in your mind are worth fleshing out, even if you don't know what they're going to end up being. For example, Joe had the idea for what is now the Life Sorted Family Organizer app She had that idea years before it actually came to life. And she had this idea kicking around in her head. She had these thoughts about there's a need for this. I've got this pain. I've got this frustration. I can't find something that's a solution. I'm going to create one. And she ended up not just letting it kick around in her mind, but committing it to paper, literally drawing out the idea and bullet pointing and having it be on paper. And that 
allowed her to keep it morphing in some way, to not let it just disappear. Lisa had an interest and a really kind of curious interest from a young age and she allowed that idea, an idea that came from that interest that overlapped with a personal situation to morph into the book that she has now created and is going into multiple print runs of. But she also had ideas of one day working in a much more flexible way and she explored her ideas of what success looked like to her and allowed that to inform the choices that she made. And even back in the first series of career change interviews that I did, one of those interviews was with Peter Peeney, who created the Swag Bag, which is a really great natural product. It's a bag that you keep your fresh vegetables and fruit in and they last a lot longer. That idea came for her and just would not go away. And so even though she was doing very different things, when the idea came up, she sort of started to let it percolate a little bit and then eventually was brought to life. And she was on Shark Tank and is now really expanding the reach of that amazing product that was able to be brought to life because she started to flesh it out before she knew what it was going to be. So if you've got a potential idea for something that you want to create, uh, something that you want to offer, something that you think the world needs, or if you've got an idea around a way of working that you might one day like to create for yourself, then start capturing that. Start fleshing out the idea without an attachment of having to make it happen right now today, but start to bring it to life to capture it rather than just have it be things that you sometimes talk about or that you just kick around in your head, maybe start to flesh it out a little bit more to see where it could go. Idea number three, connections are an asset to brand you. The relationships that you have in all aspects of your life and how you nurture and develop them are so important throughout your life for many, many reasons. One reason is about that studies have shown that people with close connections and relationships tend to live longer, healthier lives. So that's a good incentive to build relationships. But also realizing who you know and actively seeking out people that you want to know and connect with is activity worth investing time in. And really looking at how are the people around you a resource for you to draw on over time and also how are you nurturing by contributing to that resource not just expecting it to be one way coming your direction and that can be things like just doing introductions and recently I have been really pleased to be able to create some introductions and connections between people that are in different parts of my life that don't know each other but could benefit from knowing each other. And if you can do that and build those relationships with no expectation of immediate or even ever really some kind of return, that's actually when you tend to end up receiving a benefit. So really thinking about the connections and your network, what are the ones that you already have that you could 
foster and nurture a little bit more? And what are some new connections that potentially might be helpful for you to keep growing and learning about the direction that you want to go in? Whether that's there's someone that works in an industry that you want to maybe find out more about or you're thinking of working in one day, or someone that's working in a way that you admire, like Lisa, for example, who's got this totally geo-flexible lifestyle that she travels around and picks up work wherever she's going to be and stays there for a while. She has a very mobile existence. Maybe there's something about that that appeals to you, that talking with someone like Lisa, who's doing it, might give you some different insights that helps you either go, oh yeah, wow, this sounds amazing and I really want to take the next steps in trying to make that possible. Or through having the conversation and you find out, you know, what's behind the curtain, what it's really like, maybe that makes you sort of go, uh, yeah, maybe that's not so good. Maybe that's not what I want. But it's just adding more information that you can only get through leveraging and creating those connections. Insight number four is it's really important for you to have a money plan. And this can be a really challenging one for a lot of people because as you probably have heard me reference in other episodes, everybody has a relationship with money and just like you have a relationship with a parent or a sibling or a friend there is a relationship that you have between yourself and money and what you think money is what you think money means and that can often be a reason for people to not make changes that they want to make because they have got fear around money so some sort of plan around money is really important if you are considering making a change in either what you do for work or the way that you work or there's some kind of self-imposed or externally imposed deadline on a change to the way that you're working, whether that is a lifestyle change, you're moving cities or towns or countries, it's important for you to have thought through how you're going to handle the money side of things. And for some people, that's building up a buffer that's building up a supply of money that you are going to live off whilst you transition into whatever the next thing is. And that is going to be a different number for different people depending on your living expenses and what you can do in those transition times of cutting down expenses. I've got a friend of mine who's made career changes quite a few times in her life and she knows that when she goes into that phase where she finishes working in generally pretty high level high paid roles and she takes time off to travel she knows the things that she can do pretty easily to cut back on her expenses and so she's not eating into the buffer the savings that she's created unnecessarily and there are things that if you thought about it you would be fairly easily able to cut back on But when you are having a steady, reliable, predictable source of income or revenue coming in, we don't necessarily think about the little things that are really a bit of a waste of money. So it's about you thinking about what sort of buffer do I think I need to build up? Are there expenses that I could cut back on? The other option around having a money plan is things like thinking about having some kind of revenue stream to support you as you transition especially if you are 
someone who's been in a fairly senior role and used to earning a pretty solid salary, you can get used to that coming in and you therefore often we build our lifestyle uh, up to the level of our income and then having a change in that can be a bit confronting. And also if you're going to leave potentially a high paying role and move into a new industry, Sometimes that can take time and take longer than you might want it to. So it's important that you have enough of a buffer so that you're not stressing out every minute of every day about money not coming in. If you're going to be moving into something where you're starting to do your own thing, your own business, no matter what that business is, you are always going to need to be considering how are you going to have some kind of revenue that's going to support you whilst you build out that business? Because every business takes time. And look, okay, maybe there are exceptions of people that just somehow miraculously leave a six-figure job and start a new business that is bringing in six-figure revenue. But for most of us, that takes time. So for you to think about, are you going to have some kind of alternative revenue stream to support you as you grow your business that can just help take a little bit of that extra pressure off because it's going to be enough pressure and challenges with starting your own thing anyway. So anyway, thinking about what's your money plan without stressing about it, thinking in advance, what's your money plan? How much money do you think you need? Then probably double it, to be honest. Uh, And then what are the ways you can cut expenses? And how could you consider having some kind of revenue coming in while you transition? And maybe I'll do another episode about ideas of ways you could do that. Insight number five, Being open to growth, learning and feedback is a superpower. And this is where I think, particularly as we get older, sometimes we can get stuck in our ways a little bit or feel like we've done all the courses, we've learned all the things. But the reality is, I believe that all human beings should be, oh, I said should, I don't normally like saying should, all human beings benefit from taking the attitude of being a lifelong learner. We can always learn more about ourselves, we can learn new skills, we can learn new hobbies and being open to that and being open to getting feedback to help us grow, I think is what increases your rate of growth. For example, Lisa in that episode was really proactive in asking for feedback when she stepped into a new role that she hadn't actually really been seeking out, it sort of just came to her and that proactivity led to her getting a even better job. She was also proactive in asking for work. She was proactive in seeking out and creating connections with people that she thought she wanted to know and that could potentially be useful in helping her continue to grow her career. And she was very proactive in that. Joe, in that episode, she was talking about how she had to really expand her comfort zone going into technology because it wasn't something that was her familiar dance space. So she had a lot of growing and learning to do to go down that path. Nikki did additional study to expand her options and was really proactive in asking for help and asking for feedback when she was stepping into a new industry, which was the boat broking, selling boats, a very male-dominated industry, but she was open to learning and open to getting feedback. So where are you at, I guess, with that one? How are you continuing to grow and learn and being proactive with asking for feedback, even though it can be uncomfortable? And I know even for myself that 
I want to be open to feedback, but it still can sting a little bit if there's feedback that isn't as glowing as we want it to be. But then I try to remember that actually I want the feedback because the the feedback that's a bit uncomfortable is the feedback that I can use to grow and keep improving. Because if you only hear the good stuff, then it might stroke your ego a little bit. And that's nice. And you want to have that and be open to receiving that for sure. But if you really want to keep improving, then it's in the stuff that you're not already doing yet. That's where the growth potential is. So softening the sting a little bit to any feedback that you know might fall into the constructive zone <laughs> is the takeout, I guess. Number six, embrace your individuality and bring it to work. Now, this is one that people often get challenged by that question of balance of how much of themselves and their own personality, individuality do they bring to work and what do they park and go, that's my personal life and I don't want to bring that to work versus, no, no, this is all of me and I'm bringing that to work. And every individual needs to make the decision about where that line falls. Some people are all in and there's no distinction between work life and home life. And if that works for you, then great. Other people, there are some things that they choose to hold as actually that's that's just for people that are in my closest circle, my friends or family, and I don't necessarily talk about this or share this part of my life in my work situation because it doesn't feel appropriate or comfortable for me. And that's totally fine. The only thing that I would say around having distinctions between home personal life and, and work life is to make sure there's enough of an overlap. Don't try to put on a facade on the work front, for example, that's very different to your home life. And I've talked a little bit about that in past episodes of where, you know, there's a lack of integrity or authenticity when you put on some sort of facade at work, but your home life is completely opposite about what you actually do or don't do. Or you say one thing in work, but you don't apply that for yourself. So, Everyone's got to find their own line around that. But I really encourage you when you can feel comfortable about bringing some of your individuality to work, that can be a great brand asset for you too. And it's in different ways. So Lisa, for example, when she wanted the next great gig for her, getting into TV and producing, going from radio, she sent applications that were creative literally creative applications. You have to listen to the episode to hear more about that. But they were really creative. It was appropriate to the industry, but more so the effort that she put in to that made her stand out from standard applications. And that was showing a little bit about how she thinks and what she would bring to the role. Jo, she really looked at her individual personal situation and the challenges that she was experiencing there that she couldn't find solutions for that led to her looking at, well, what's a way that if I was going to create the solution, what would it include? What would I want? And she also brings very much her lens to how she talks about the app now. So you get a real sense of who she is and in some insights into her family life through being part of the Life Sorted community. Liz, totally individual approach, 
started two businesses at once, which most people would say that is a ridiculous thing to do. But she also made calls at different moments to adjust what she was doing work-wise to suit her life stage when she had kids and when the kids were starting to get a little older and what she needed and wanted from work when she was at that point and really looking at, actually, this is what works for me. It may not work for everybody, but I'm bringing my individuality to how I approach this. And Nikki, she knows as about herself, she knows that she just likes to make people happy. That is what drives her. And so she brings that to any business that she is working in and uses it to look for innovation. For example, in, in the accommodation business, she was really looking at, well, what, what would I really love here? And what would also look after our asset so that we're creating a win-win. And so her personal lens on things, her personal needs led to innovation in how she offers that accommodation service. So for you, you can consider what you've done so far and who you are as an individual, separate interests and passions, how you can combine those to leverage whatever's going to be next for you in the work front. And they're the things where you can start to really explore what makes you unique. And I know that that can be challenging. I was at a training recently, another training event, and they were posing the question, how would you finish this sentence? Only I. And to be honest, I struggled with it a little bit. I've had a few thoughts bubble up since then. But to be thinking for yourself about what are those things that make you unique? And that may be things to do with particular work that you've done, uh, family situation, interests that you have, hobbies that you have, looking at the combination of, of all of those things, what's important to you from a values perspective, all of that combines to create brand you and to bring that individuality to your work, not to keep it completely separate. And the last little takeout is there is no one path. There is no one right job for you. The observation that I have from doing these interviews and from my own experience and from the clients that I've been working with, the only one thing is about you adopting the attitude and the mindset of accepting responsibility for your happiness at work and being open to noticing what's working for you and notice what's not working for you and be prepared to make changes along the way as you need to and to evolve to suit where you're at and what's going on in your life. Many people and women particularly who for whatever reason, go from being employed to being self-employed, whether that's through a redundancy, whether that's through choice, whether that's through uh, moving where they live, whether it's about having kids. When that happens, they go from being employed to self-employed and they get to a stage where that's just not working for them. Either they're not earning enough money or they're not feeling fulfilled in it or it's just not working for their lifestyle. But they feel like if they go back and get a job that it's failure in some way. And I really want to stress that that's actually not the case. I caught up with a friend just yesterday. We went for a big walk, hadn't seen each other for ages. And she had her own business for more than 10 years and was doing well and surviving and all of that. There were challenges, but she got to a point where she was really conflicted because she was feeling like she didn't want to just work for herself anymore. 
And so she thought about going and getting a job. And uh, I know that she wrestled with what that meant. But the thing is, it's only you that's giving it the meaning. And she's now employed. And yep, there's different challenges when you're employed compared to running your own show. But she's made that transition. And for where she's at in her stage of life, that's perfect for her. And she may well stay employed for the rest of her working career. Or she may well go back to opening a new business, but she'll be taking all of the learning that she is getting through being employed in a group situation again, that she can apply in whatever is next for her. So there's no one path, one end destination. There's actually only you and you being open to deciding where am I at right now? What's going well? What's not going well? What are the options of what I could do next that would feel aligned to what's meaningful to me and making steps to move towards that direction? That's it. They're my seven takeouts. I'm sure there are probably more, but I don't want to keep just this episode going forever. What I'd suggest is that you choose one. Just choose one to adopt for yourself for the next week or so and just consider how you think you're trying this out and what it could open up for you if you were to explore it further. So just a quick little recap of what the seven were. One, your past work doesn't define your future work potential. Two, ideas that kick around are worth fleshing out. Three, connections are an asset to brand you. Four, have a money plan. Five, be open to growth, learning and feedback. Six, embrace your individuality and bring it to work. And seven, there is no one right path or one right job. So which one will it be for you? I promise this is possible for you. It is possible for you to explore what might be next for you in the next phase of your working life to create work that is more meaningful to you. And if you are thinking that it is time for you to start to open up some possibilities of what might be next for you work-wise, then I want to invite you to express your interest in my new group coaching program, CEOU, Be Your Own Boss in the Business of Your Life. This is a leadership and career change program for women who want to do work that is more meaningful to them, work that suits you and the sort of lifestyle that you want to create where you're at in life right now and where you're moving to. This program is going to be offered for the first time this year in the next few weeks. I ran it last year as a pilot program, haven't offered it at all this year, but I'm excited to be opening the doors in the next couple of weeks. And because you are a podcast listener, you can get on a VIP expression of interest list. That means that you will be the first to know all the details about the program to decide if it's right for you. And you'll also, if you're on that list, get first access to some extremely limited career change bonuses that I'm going to be including that are all designed to help you earn great money doing work that you love without burning out. So if you are curious about the program and want to see if it might be right for you, then I'll give you the URL to go and check it out, thetransitlounge.com forward slash CEO hyphen you, the word you. And just to be clear, 
going on the list does not guarantee you a place in the program or commit you to joining the program. What it does do is get you the first look inside and access to those early action taker bonuses. I ran this program as a pilot kind of test group late last year and have recently been reconnecting and checking in with some of the great women that did the program with me back then and finding out what they're up to now and seeing what they're doing now and what's been happening for them and getting those little insights from them makes me even more excited about running this program again. And I hope that you, or if not you, maybe someone that you know who is ready to do work that they love and make a bit of a shift in their career will be able to be part of the program. So to find out more, get on that VIP expression of interest list, go to thetransitlounge.com forward slash CEO hyphen you, Y-O-U. And have a great week. Thanks for listening to The Transit Lounge. If you liked it, please do me a favor and leave a review so I can keep doing more episodes for you. And come and say hi in the private Facebook group, The Transit Lounge, being CEO you in the business of your life. I really look forward to connecting with you there. And until then, do whatever you can to create a future that you will love through the choices you make today.